2: Live from the Bell Tower, taking a stand for your rights, your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. You're listening to Break the Bell
1: Podcast.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are live and welcome to the Break the Bell Podcast. It is a new year. Hello, beautiful Bell Breakers. 2023. It seems like it's been forever. Like it has. Well, it yeah. has been forever. Like we did our Christmas episode, and yeah. then I was so like two weeks. Yeah. Wow. yeah, it's been like two weeks because after all the prep into our Christmas episode, I was like, you know what? I want to break. So, and you were gone anyway. I was, I was like, man, I, I screw could do Bill. It. Yeah, <laughs> just screw Bill. I'm just going to take it off. So, but we are back. It is 2023, and we are coming back with a vengeance. And uh, we're going to do things the right way. Uh, we have a special show lined up for you. We have a an interesting guest. I think this is the first time we can have an accused domestic terrorist. That, at least that we know of. Well, yeah, at we don't know that what we they. Know they're
2: watching us. We know that. Right? Yes.
0: <laughs> um, so uh, we have uh, ready and waiting in the the waiting area. Brandon Caserta. He is one of the accused Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plotters apparently is what they're calling them these days so um, we get to have him on and uh, he's going to share our story we've talked about him a a couple times we talked about the Whitmer plot and we talked specifically about Brandon a a few times on the show so it's nice to finally get him on the show and uh, hear his side of the story and uh here, what's actually going on with him? Uh, you you were saying that the trials were just like wrapping up with some of the waters, yeah, like, like last week uh, they were. Yeah, it was pushing like up. some so. of them getting like nineteen freaking yeah, years for the, the bullshit. So, so I guess what we uh, need to come to the conclusion of is: is this another like one of the forewarned uh, domestic terrorism incidents that that the FBI has warned us about for so long, or is this another uh, classic case of? um fbi entrapment and fbi screw up and right. and uh trying th- to make it look
2: like there's more there
0: <laughs> yeah exactly so uh, i guess we're gonna find out when we get brandon on uh before we do we got to get through the the pre-show here uh, we got to obviously uh tell you to check us out all over social media if you are new to this show uh share it far and wide if uh if if you've stumbled across us share us with your friends and your families let's make this a new year let's reach out to more and more people make this thing a bigger and better thing so we can uh continue to do what we do just for more people because that's what we enjoy um you can find us all over social media at the handle at break the bell pod um that's on twitter instagram and facebook and probably others too that um that we signed up for, but right. we don't spend a lot of time <laughs> yeah. on. So, uh, if if you are on a social media platform that you want to know if we're on, if we're not on it, just let us know, and we'll get on it and we'll hang out there Absolutely. because we like to hang out. We like to stretch ourselves as thin as freaking possible right? because, um, I mean, that's that's the mentally, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's mentally healthy to sure. just stretch yourself as thin as possible. So that's what we enjoy doing. Um, you can also find all the links to all our stuff at our website, which is www.breakthebellpod.com. You can find links to our merch store where you can get awesome merch like some of these shirts here. We have the I Won't Eat Your Bugs shirt, um, which is the Anti-Cricket Brigade. Yes. Um, so if you want to become a member of the Anti-Cricket Brigade and uh, join the the thousands and millions of us that are against uh, the insistent of, of us eating crickets for a living, um, buy that shirt. Also, we have the We Are Not Your Pond shirt. We have some, some logo merch. We also have the – I still don't have the picture of it um, here. May, yeah. uh, is this shirt even real? Right. Maybe the shirt's not even real. That's <laughs> why I don't ever That's pull the, the image twist. up. Yes. So <laughs> find, find links to all that, our merch store, and um, all our social media at BreakTheBellPod.com. I think that's about it. Does I think so. Give it? us feedback. Love us, hate us. Let us know. Yeah. If you, if you hate us specifically, let us yes, know. Because, we love that. Yeah. We, we, we love that. Thrive, you hate us. <laughs> we thrive on your hatred. So let us know. Um, the comment section is always open on YouTube, on Facebook. We have a Facebook forum, which is the breaking the bell forum, um, which you can come hang out and have conversations and stuff. It's been a while since I've done this. It's been yeah. two weeks. So I'm kind of right. rusty. No, so I'm trying that. to, I'm it's trying weird. to keep up. So, uh, yeah, check, check out all that stuff. Uh, Check out our Patreon page. You can sign up and subscribe at patreon.com forward slash break the bell. You can support us a little more than just listening to us, which ideally we want you to listen to us. But if you want to do and give a little more, patreon.com forward slash break the bell, I think. Yes. Yes, yes, Yes. that's it. Uh, We got Brandon in the waiting room, and I am really rusty. So we're going to get right into this this intro video. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with uh, accused, alleged, domestic terrorist brandon caserta we'll be right back
1: what did you say
0: you talking to me what what the heck are you talking about what
3: did you say what did you say what did you say are you talking to me
2: are you talking to me are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you say? What
1: did he say?
3: Are you talking to me? Well, what? maybe he was talking to me. What did you
1: say?
3: Talk to me. What in
2: heaven's name are you talking about?
1: Talk
0: to me. Talk to me. Talk to me, baby. Oh, 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 did you just say?
2: What did you say? He listened to me?
1: Are you, talking to me? are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show Accused and Acquitted. Gretchen Whitmer, kidnapping, plotter, Brandon Caserta. Am I saying that right, Brandon? Is it Caserta? Caserta? How do you pronounce that?
3: Well, to be honest, it actually sounds sweeter when you say Caserta because it's Italian, but I usually just say Caserta. (laughs) All right.
0: Well, what would you like us to say? Because if you want the sweet Italian version, then fine, but the the ginger beard kind of gives away the fact that you're not really Italian, so...
3: I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a half and half, you know, I, I'm a day walker. So it's like I can be out in the sun, but I'm a ginger at the same time, you <laughs> know, know. That's, it's, it, it's weird. I like, I like Caserta though.
0: You like Caserta. We'll call you Caserta then. Yeah. Um, welcome to the show, Brandon. Brandon, this may, like we said, this might be the first time we've had a domestic terrorist on our show that we know of. So it, it's really a pleasure to have you on. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure you've heard that way too many times, and obviously we say it as a joke because we think the whole the whole moniker is just bullshit anyway. Right. Um, first, first I got to point out I, I mentioned your ginger beard. Um, I find it interesting. I grew my beard out. I had a guy at a job probably six months ago that he's like, "Man, uh, your beard's coming in nice. You you look like you're going for the proud boys look." Like, what is it with ginger beards and? <laughs> The Proud Boys or domestic terrorist Look, I I, I just gotta know.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I wouldn't know anything about that.
0: <laughs> is it is it like, is it like in the uh, description? Like like when when you're filling out the application? Because cause I had seen, and we'll get into all this stuff. The one of the FBI informants that was like, oh, I had to fill out, almost like a job application to get into the uh, uh, the. Um, what what was the name of the group that uh, you were part of? Wolverine Watchmen. The Wolverine Watchmen. He's like, is that part of the job application It's like, do you or do you not possess a sweet ginger beard? Is that <laughs> is that part of the science, the requirements?
3: I just feel like, you know, I'm such a gnarly ass metal dude that the music I listen to is so heavy that my beard just automatically grows gnarly like
0: that. It's got to be it. That's it's got to be and the gauges too. You got the gauges like me, and you got the ginger beard. So, man, you gotta you gotta get the gauges and dye, so, yeah. dye your beard red or something because yeah. you're not you're not fitting in. <laughs> so, uh, Brandon, I, I I've been following you for a while now. You were on a friend of mine's show, the 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 No Way Jose podcast, probably four or five months ago, and I've been following you ever since and following your story. Um, and obviously, we've we've discussed the the Whitmer plot story several times so um, it's it's great to finally have you on the show and, and talk about this stuff because um, who's a better person to uh, discuss it with than somebody that's lived it, lived it and been in this so um, I guess where do you want to start with this because um I mean the, I, I've heard your story and man it, it there's there's so much to it so I I want to I want to get like a brief recap of like October of 2020 or actually possibly how you even got involved in this group, the the Wolverine Watchmen, and and just go from there, and just just let us know what you want to talk about because um, you you run the show here because we just want to hear from you, and we want to hear your story.
3: Right on. Well, you know, one of the main things I, I kind of want to focus on is this. You know, they say that there was this conspiracy to uh, you know arrest this woman, right, or, or snatch and grab, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a that that conspiracy is fake. There's a whole nother conspiracy involved in the government, where government agents are actually conspiring against you, right? Anyone who cares about freedom, anyone who, you know, sees what they're doing, and they don't agree with it, you know, anyone that actually espouses, uh, correct ideas, um, you know, whether it's about Second Amendment rights, First Amendment rights, these are all things that i was specifically targeted for mm-hmm. and what we're seeing is a mass uh, attempt to create deception socially in society to get other people to think that people who might be libertarian or anarchist or talk about these ideas that they're crazy lunatics you know that they just go and shoot guns they don't care about life And, and in reality, that's why we talk about this stuff. That's why we have podcasts. That's why we speak truth is because we care about life and we care about freedom, you know? And, and I just wanted to, you know, make a point that, um, I was targeted for my beliefs specifically.
2: It's funny, Brandon, because, you know, if you read your guy, um, the, your co-defendants and yourself profile on Wikipedia, I was just about to pull that off. It just, it, it. It just reads like any normal person who, like, has an issue with the current government. I mean, it's funny because it's like there's nothing that makes me be like, oh, wow, they said that. I mean, it's like, you know, criticizes Biden, uh, criticizes vaccines, a supporter of Second Amendment.
0: Right. Here's here's what it says specifically about you on Wikipedia, which I'm sure you've read this. But it says Brandon Caserta. So this is how vile of a human you are. Yes. Brandon Caserta. Top 10. (laughs) Caserta, <laughs> Caserta, whatever. Uh Caserta because it sounds better, uh, was shown wearing a Hawaiian style shirt associated with the Boogaloo movement on TikTok videos and Facebook. And he praised Kyle Rittenhouse, a civilian who shot three protesters. Um, in August, Caserta, also a COVID nineteen denier and supporter of the QAnon conspiracy theory, however, in one video criticized Trump and called him a tyrant. His belief system apparently became more extreme following Whitmer's implementation of statewide lockdowns. Um, His social media activity originally consisted of posts about comedy and shows and podcasts. Um, But following the lockdown, he began liking posts about conspiracy theories regarding Bill Gates, as well as memes about hog tying police officers. So I think I've done all those things. (laughs) I I know for a fact
2: I've done all those
0: things. So that that's your vile. I like, uh, like
2: my Hawaiian shirts, <laughs>
0: right? Right. So it's like, it's yeah. I don't like think they're I think c- I've seen that before. <laughs> I was just going to. This is on the uh, Wikipedia page for the the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot. So if you scroll down through like the the participants you have a highlighted section, and that's what it says about you. And it's just like, oh, God, he yeah, liked... to uh, lock your doors. <laughs> he's liking posts and uh, yeah. uh, wearing Hawaiian shirts, <laughs> and he supports Kyle Rittenhouse. You're obviously a terrorist. <laughs> right. Crazy. It's like they're just trying to connect dots. Right. Make dots to connect, first of all, because yeah. obviously, obviously the Hawaiian shirts did tie to the Boogaloo movement, but then... You obviously got to throw in there um, the Kyle Rittenhouse and the COVID denial and all this stuff that it's obviously just a formula for domestic terrorism. Um, It's insane, their definition of domestic terrorist these days and what they are what they're pulling up just to just to make a case against you, I guess. And they even went as far to say um, uh, you you did deny Trump at one point, but I'm sure they were like really doing mental gymnastics on that one. They're like, how is this guy not a Trump supporter? Look at him. He's got a ginger beard and he shoots guns. Right.
3: Right. Yeah. That whole narrative fell apart really quick because, you know, I remember in the beginning when I was talking to family on the phone when when I was in jail and they were like, yeah, they keep saying you're the leader of this and that you're a Trump supporter and everything like that. And then one of the uh, communist news network, I think it was, they posted uh, some video that I made where I was just chilling in my apartment, um, you know, kind of trashing on Trump because he's obviously not pro Second Amendment. You know, if he wants to ban bump stocks, they But, you know, I, you know, I said he was a tyrant and things like that. And then that totally threw their narrative away because their whole goal is to try to put you in a box. They right. have to put you on a box and slap a label on it yep. so they can call you something. And the problem that I gave yep. them is they can't put me in a box. Right. You know what I'm saying? I believe so many different things that it's not just this one thing over here, yeah. that one thing over there where they can put a label on it, you know? And that's the type of people that are a threat to their narrative because yeah. truth is way more powerful than that.
0: Well, yeah, that makes you so much more dangerous because they can't just put a single um, a single label on you. Well, he's just another Trump supporter. Right. Obviously, he's going to go... Well, you, the problem is... Their problem is people that actually think for themselves, because if you start thinking for yourself, then they can't put labels on you. They can't just throw you in this, this, this box, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, what else do we got on this guy? Right. Well, he wears Hawaiian shirts, so obviously he's a threat there. Um, but back to what you are saying about this this plot against us, we've talked about this in several episodes. Mm. We've talked, we talked about the Oklahoma City bombing, we've talked about Waco, and we tied all yeah. of it together and just like this, first of all, massive FBI fuck ups all the time. And then obviously this kind of this seemingly plot or like almost false flag type narrative right. where where they're making something and then it goes right. wrong or it goes the way they want it to. And mm-hmm. then they, they peg it back on these um, insurrectionists yeah. or uh, these uh, anti-government sentiment type people right. like. Like yourself, obviously. Yeah. Um. And then, obviously, they they can use that to make a big narrative. Well, look, well, like right. back in the days of the Oklahoma City bombing, like mm-hmm. the whole anti-government movement all went totally underground after that because they made this big giant thing which had all the the fingerprints of the FBI all over it, and then all of a sudden it had to move underground because right. um, nobody wants to be associated with the Oklahoma City bombing, and it's kind of similar with like this. With, like, your your case and then also right after that, the January 6th thing, it's just like, well, nobody wants to be connected to those, so maybe we should start doing this a little quieter or start, like, avoiding certain conversations and stuff because the FBI is all on us. Right. And, and,
2: yeah. And, like, with January 6th, I mean, all this just seems like, again, it's just a lot of fluff. Mm-hmm. It's, like, just a lot of, well, this is this and this is this, and in, in reality, it was jack shit.
0: So, yeah, it's
1: just
3: a bunch of guys, you know, saying things that, you know, could be considered offensive to like soft people. Right. But that's really what it is, is it's just it's fluff. It's storytelling. It's really good storytelling. And, you know, we know that the state is continuously engaging in psyops and all these different operations to try to influence people mentally, you know, to get them to believe certain things so that they can simply control them and take their wealth.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. Were you Were you shocked when the FBI showed up to, like, take you in? I mean, were you just like, "What the fuck"?
3: Yeah, it was weird because you know I had fifteen guys like tackle me down to the ground and start rummaging through my pockets and stuff, Jeez, and yeah. I was at work, so like, so it was a, you know,
0: it was an all out FBI raid, basically on. You, yeah, yeah. I walked into this
3: this dark like room or whatever, and I was like, "Wait, what?" And then and my boss kind of led me in there. You know, he didn't know what was going on, but uh, they they none of them said FBI. None of them were wearing like an FBI shirt or anything like that. It, they were just had like you know the the blue jean shorts or whatever, or the pants and the flannel, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they had balaclavas over their face. And just, you know, or yelling at me, tucking me down the ground. I'm thinking to myself, like, who are you? Like, what the fuck is this? They're like, stop resisting, stop resisting. I'm like, I'm literally not doing anything. Who the fuck
0: are you? First of all, you have every right to resist because they have no identification as a police officer. So it could be anybody tackling you to the ground. You have every right to throw fists or pull. Yeah, I don't know if Michigan's a carry state. I don't think it is uh, because it's freaking Michigan. But, um, whatever right. self-defense you, you have the right to self-defense if they have not identified themselves and they're just tackling you to the ground. Like who, the, who the yeah. fuck are you? Like you said, I mean, did you get the sense right. that they, they wanted you to resist so that they could like give you the business?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Because they were uh, escalating it so quick. Mm-hmm. And, and I've looked into the psychology of, of order followers and, you know, these people that, that like a lot of authoritarian cops and stuff like that. and, some of these guys they they want to, when they hurry up and escalate the situation, when there's really nothing going on, that's how, you know, they want to use violence. Mm, you know, right. they've been preparing for it for weeks. They've been training for it. They want to use violence against someone they don't like, mm. you know, and, and I could kind of sense that. So I'm like, well, it's better if I just, you know, don't do anything. I mean, there's 15 people, wow. you know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing I can really do at this point.
0: Right. Mm. So can you, uh, uh, take us back a little bit to let us, how did you get involved in this group from the start? Like, how did you get into this group? I'm sure you didn't go in like, I want to join this group that, that with, with the plan to, to kidnap a governor. I I'm sure that's not how you got involved in this group. There's not job ads out there. It's like, do you want to kidnap uh, the governor, the governor of Michigan join now?
3: Yeah. Well, what's funny is that's how the prosecution tried to portray it, you know, as if like, that we were engaged in this massive recruiting, um you know, experiment to try to just, you know, like, we want to do DT, we got to do DT, mm-hmm. you know, domestic terrorism, we got to do it, right. And, and it wasn't like that at all. You know, it was back, back when uh, COVID happened. um You know, I got laid off work. So I didn't suffer at all through the pandemic. Like, I didn't, I literally like collected unemployment or whatever and got the extra money and got three months essentially paid vacation. I, it's not like, like dude, Gretchen Whitmer, she's a communist tyrant. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But like, do I like, did she harm my life in such a way where it's like, Oh my God, you know, I got to get rid of. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had, she had zero effect on me. I didn't follow any of the rules. You know what I mean? And I did my own thing. And my main concern about when that happened was, you know, when I was laid off from work, uh, I was trying to look for groups of people who were into training with firearms, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd been doing that for a couple of years prior to this, but just kind of doing it on my own. And, and I wanted to go outside and, you know, summer was coming and, you know, I want to go outside and do stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe I need to kind of reach out to some people and, and see what's going on and uh one of those guys actually hit me up and was like hey i got some property that was only like an hour away from me and he's like hey i got some steel targets and some barrels and stuff and and to me that's like fuck yeah bro like oh you got property we can shoot guns you got hanging steel targets and let's go you know Mm -hmm. and uh so he invited me out and that's how uh I I kind of started to associate with them. But one thing I really want to make clear is that they keep saying that I was a member of the Wolverine Watchmen. I never, ever was a member of that group. Number one, that name is gay as shit. And I would never associate (laughs) with fucking the Wolverine Watchmen, bro. That shit sounds lame as fuck. You
0: didn't have like gang symbols or something like like a Wolverine No, simpler. dude,
3: there was there was no patches, no hand signals, no initiation thing. It was just like these two guys that had this property that were uh, you know, related um, you know, it was like kind of their thing. But essentially what it was is it was a chat. It was a chat group that had that name, and that chat group essentially would invite people over who were interested in the Second Amendment, you know what I mean, who kind of Realized what was going on in the world and understood that we need to organize to defend our freedom and defend our rights, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was the commonality of most of us. Um, And some people lacked in training and, and, and some people were better, but we all kind of had that commonality. And, and even some people like, you know, their political beliefs weren't the same as mine. and, my idea was like, well, I can at least go here and get some training. Mm. And even though everyone might not align with everything that I believe in, maybe I can spread the message of uh, the message of anarchy. You know what I mean? And, and if they're already at libertarianism, maybe I can get them over that, that hump right there and they can go to anarchism. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, so that was kind of my goal with that. And I had no idea that the first training event that I showed up at, I literally walked into, A domestic terrorism investigation
0: (laughs) so so there was already informants on site like infiltrated in the group by the time you got there so exactly so so, um now the case goes according to wikipedia that like six people were indicted on federal charges and like seven or seven on federal and then seven just on like state like right assistant charging and stuff like that. Now you were one of the ones, one of the seven that got like slammed with like slapped with federal charges. So it sounds like you are based on their, what they're saying. You were one of the main guys. How, how is it that you got considered one of the main, the main inner circle of this thing? Because from the way it sounds, um, that it, there wasn't any sort of organization whatsoever, but, but it sounds like they're putting you like dead center of that, like almost dead center of this thing because you're one of the seven with the federal charges. Right,
3: right, exactly. And, you know, th- this group that I was very lightly associated with, it, it was pretty disorganized, you know, but you had uh, government agents and informants uh, trying desperately to have some sort of like organization, you know, and how i fit in the puzzle was i was essentially like the perfect character for them you know for their play Mm -hmm. like they already had this idea of this movie that they wanted to play out and the state is really good at co-opting Um, organic social situations and then making and then turning them and transforming them into something wrong so that they can use force against it and act like they're the saviors.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: They had that plan when I came in and someone like me to someone who might not know me or have talked to me or share any ideas that i have could look at me and be like oh my god like he's got a throat tat he's got tattoos on his hand he's got big gauges you know he's kind of verbose and a little bit loud you know he might Mm -hmm. sound intense or whatever and i openly told everyone like yo i'm an anarchist bro no government i think society would work much better voluntarily Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying all pro free market you know Uh, pro Second Amendment, all that shit. But that's, that's what I believe. And it's like, Mm. once they first caught wind of he said he was an anarchist, you know, I'm saying they knew that they could try to portray that to be something else. And I dude, never, I barely ever talked about the governor at all. I mostly talked about mandatory vaccines, like prepping and shit. And then police brutality, I was criticizing police a Mm. lot. You know because ultimately they're the enforcers of slavery when Mm -hmm. when tyranny comes down so i think the politicians and shit like that to me they're puppets i'm not really worried about them or or concerned about what they believe and what they're going to do i'm more concerned and focused on the people that are going to follow their orders and and i like to pay attention to what those people are thinking and doing Mm -hmm. and uh yeah they they figured they could take that dynamic And play it out to a jury and be like, look at these crazy radical ideas that this person has. He believes in freedom. What? That's so dangerous. (laughs) Right.
0: I mean, it, it is like, well, first of all, there's still to this day, like so much stigma just around the term anarchist because you think yeah. anarchists, you think these people that just want to go blow shit up and um you and just blow up government buildings and shit that's that's what people's mindset gets with anarchists. when all anarchist is is somebody that doesn't want the freaking government at all in right. their lives it's they don't just not want them in their lives they just don't want the government at all right. and I, I, I don't know about you, but I can definitely get on board. I, I yeah. lean more towards anarchists than anything else because um, we all see how much both sides, all sides of the government just fucks it all up for all of us. So when when they can use a term that's got such negative connotation already, right. like anarchists, they can already slap something on you because, oh, this is a scary anarchist. Yeah. Uh, you, you've you seen anarchists. Right. You remember anarchists back in the 60s. You remember um, – I, I, I don't know. It's just – it, well, and, it's a stigmatizing term,
2: in and my and, and like Craig was saying, you you know you you fit the the narrative, the mold, right? As far as appearance goes, for somebody that they could slap on a poster and say, "Hey, look, that guy's scary," obviously, right? <laughs> and so th- that's probably why they just kind of lumped you in with the that Federal Seven and just kind of went with it. Yeah, absolutely.
3: And and one thing that I brought up, which they they kind of hyper focused on, is number one, my books. Like I have certain beliefs. But the difference between me and some of the other people is I know how to articulate those beliefs, like I can argue my position, I know what I believe in. And I read and I'm educated in that manner. So they wanted to use uh, my books against me and things like that. But there's like a forbidden thing that I realized this a couple years ago, but there's like a forbidden thing that you cannot talk about, right? And and you can't even talk about it in a hypothetical scenario. Like to ever hypothesize about using defensive force against agents—that is like a sin. Like Mm -hmm. as if that's never happened in history ever. But like when you bring that up, what if it happened now? What would you do? You know, it's like a sin, and you're just crazy if you even talk about it. Right. You know. Right.
0: Yeah. I think one of the things that one of one of the articles brought up is is that you had said that at some point it's going to come down to they're going to pull the trigger. And when they pull the trigger, I'm going to make sure I take everyone as many out as I can in the process. Like to me, that that blatantly sounds like self-defense, like you defending yourself, right. your family and everybody around you. But the way they portrayed it was, this guy just wants to go kill cops, or this guy just wants to go kill federal people. It's like, that's not what the sentence was at all. And it's no different from
2: anything you or I have said. If we said something like, they're coming for our children, what would you do? Right. Right? So, I mean, it's just Second Amendment locker room talk. Is that what you'd call it? I mean, you know, basically just... You know, it's not something that you're actually planning
0: out. It's just saying, gonna, like, look. They're going to come knocking on our door now. Well, I figured that. <laughs> That's where we're at your house. <laughs> so uh, at any point while you're in this group, the chat group or they're shooting guns or whatever uh, this group was, at any point was there red flags to you that went off you're, that you're like, something is weird going on here. Something's not right. Or did you suspect there was informants or did somebody bring something up that you're just like, that that raises a red flag to me.
3: Um, you know, there wasn't. Two, there was a moment when that happened, but the majority of you know, I I got involved with these guys and trained. Started training with these guys maybe once or twice a month, and then I was in a chat group from. I would say it was like beginning mid. It was like mid June, and then I got arrested in October. So like three or four months. You know, I'm. I'm kind of associating with some people in a chat group. And there's a couple of chat groups and, you know, those chats are mainly like you get a bunch of gun dudes together. There's going to be shit posting everywhere. Memes, you know, gun talk, just all of that stuff. And that's mostly what the chat rooms were about. And then you meet up like once or twice at someone's property and do a little bit of training you might talk a little bit of philosophy or current events or something like that but it's it was never some like uh like oh my god i can't believe this is happening like i gotta get out of here it was it was never like that but i believe one moment because you know when you get involved in some of these groups you have to be intelligent enough to realize that could there be a fed in here You know, there's a bunch of people that you don't necessarily know, like you're going and training at some guy's property and he seems cool or whatever, but there's like 20 other people there. And it's, you know, such and such, this is friend and their friend and all that. You don't really know who a lot of the people are. These people Mm -hmm. are from different states and stuff like that. So you have to have that in the back of your mind. And I remember... Uh, I wanted to have like a little meeting to talk about current events and ways that uh, we might be able to protect ourselves if certain things happened and nobody showed up. Uh, It it was hard for a lot of the people to really kind of hone in on anything serious. Mm -hmm. There was just a lot of shit talking, but the only person that did show up was the informant. Right. Mm -hmm. And he showed up with a recording device and, um, me and my attorney, we brought this up in court because it's like they're using all this stuff that I might've said to someone else that sounds offensive about police or whatever, but they didn't use anything that the uh, four hour meeting that I had with this informant, they didn't use any of that. Like, so you have four hours with my client and nothing, you get nothing. So we kind of showed how he tried to draw up something negative mm. that i could say by bringing up something that i don't necessarily agree with or like mm. and get me to kind of talk about that but when i invited him in my house i showed him my uh one of my ar's and he wouldn't he wouldn't grab it like i'm like here dude you know what i'm saying check it out and he was like hesitant to touch it and i'm like why doesn't this guy want to touch my gun bro like that's suspicious as fuck if i'm hey if i'm having any of my boys over anything and i know that they like guns the first thing you're doing oh yo check out my fn you know what i mean check this out and you check it out you check the chamber unload it whatever you know it and test it out and you're like oh this is sweet bro you know what i mean you give it back to him Mm -hmm. he didn't do that that when he did that right there, I said, dude, this guy is a fucking fat or something.
0: Right. You know, like that's
3: just the weirdest shit.
0: I was just over at a friend's for New Year's Eve, and the first thing he does, said was, hey, come check out my new toy. And he pulls out this new AR a guy gave him for doing a job for him. And, yeah, the first thing I did, grab it, clear yeah. it, and, like, oh, this thing's sweet. I mean, yeah. And then I pull out my carry pistol. I'm like, here, check out the new carry yeah. pistol I got. And pa- passing them around, yeah. that, that's what you do yeah. in that setting. I, I've never gotten— to a place where they're like, "Hey, check out my new gun," and be like, "Whoa, I don't want yeah, to touch." Right. Like, Whoa, you have a gun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially in a, a quote-unquote gun club right, or right. whatever. <laughs> it's like, "Hey, we're all part of this gun club. Check yeah. out my gun." Oh, I I don't feel comfortable touching your your rifle there, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, that 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 would scream fed to me. Yeah. I, I I definitely know now if somebody doesn't want to touch my weapons, then they're probably probably if we just lost we Brandon. Lost <laughs> well, we're gonna hopefully wait for. Hopefully he didn't get taken out by the Fed for for <laughs> talking. We're gonna gonna wait for him to jump back in. But we're talking with uh, Brandon Cas- Caserta, there, there he is. is. I lost you.
3: Yeah, the stream just cut off on me. That was crazy.
0: Yeah, I think the Feds cut us off. them. <laughs> um, so, um, you're talking about the things that you said like to other people and how they're they're taking it out of context there's this video out there i want to play devil's advocate and let you maybe defend this video and um it's about you talking about a recon mission and i'm sure you're aware of this video do you mind if i play this yeah go ahead man go ahead all right i want to make sure before i do here i I want you to defend what you're saying because this is one of the things that they're they are using to make this picture of you as a terrorist
3: if we're doing a recon or something and we right. come up on some of them, dude, you better not give them a chance. You either tell them to go right now or else they're going to die. Period.
0: Video evidence showing. So, so that's that's the video evidence that was played at your trial. I'm pretty sure. Um, what what was going on there? Like, I, I, I'm sure this I mean, that was three seconds of video that I'm sure they probably took way out of context. If not, uh, I'll let you defend it as much as you can.
3: Yeah. So it, it's interesting. Something that they like to do is they like to clip things in half and not provide the entire context to them. So there was actually two videos. The one that I made right before that was talking about how I got pulled over, um, how it was unjust, you know, um, how they violated the fourth amendment, how they said they didn't give a shit about the constitution and they essentially victimized me. Right. And then extorted me. And I explained that and how I was pissed off about that. Like I, I was pissed because I don't like being harassed by other men who think they have dominion over me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I always carry a firearm. So, you know, when I was pulled over, if I get pulled over the cops, I let them know, hey, I have a firemar- uh, firearm on my person. I have a CPL, blah, blah, blah. You know, the interaction is fine. I'm not going to do anything. They're going to do what they're going to do. You know what I mean? I'm going to live to fight for freedom uh, to it for another day. Right. Um, but I'm definitely pissed about it that I have to spend all of this money and I'm definitely going to express how fucking pissed off I am about that bullshit. And that's what I was doing. And what they tried to do is what I was actually talking about is another hypothetical situation. and And what I was saying was you know, if there's some sort of societal collapse or power outage and things are going really, really bad, um, there's going to be a lot of chaos involved in that. And, you know, someone who might be your neighbor uh, knows that you have certain things, they're going to come try to take that shit. There's going to be a lot of things. And then if that happens, you know, then the state's going to come down and they're going to crack down on everyone. And with the lockdowns that just happened, it was my concern that there was going to be some sort of bad event and then lockdowns were going to happen again and the state was going to roll in Mm -hmm. now look Mm -hmm. if that happens i'm leaving like i don't give a fuck if you say i'm quarantined or not bro i'm getting the fuck out of here you're not going to keep me in this cage where there's a bunch of violent fucking people stealing people's shit so i was saying that hey these dudes that just harassed me out on the street if we come up across any fucking agents like that, dude, you better not fuck with me. You know, don't fuck with me. If you're going to allow people like that, if shit's really going down to fucking take our guns and take our shit away, you know, don't fuck with me if you're down with that. And I told them, Hey, if we, if we come up, on some people like that. Like for example, if we're in that kind of disaster scenario, you're gonna have to do a recon. You're gonna have to look at the area and surveil it and see if it's safe to move around. You could be needing to get water. You could be right. needing to get another friend. You could be needing to get anything you could think of as a hypothetical situation. You, could, you would need to do a recon for that. And because I said that word, recon, they wanted to use that and make it seem like I was talking about the recon that they just did or whatever. Mm. And they tried to say, I knew about it and I went and everything, which that was a total lie. And we proved that in court. But like I said, this is like a hypothetical situation of me essentially saying, look, these tyrants with this type of ideology, you need to either tell them to leave, like, Hey, leave us alone or else we're going to defend ourselves, you know? And that's not extreme to say that against tyrants.
0: Well, it's, all things that we've said here on the show. I mean, we did like a two-part series of, hey, if the shit hits the fan, right. um these are the things that you should look for, these are the things you should prep for, this is what you should do, you should hook up with like-minded people who have certain certain skills, uh particularly like weapon skills and uh also survival skills. Mm-hmm. On top of that, I mean, we've all talked about these things, right. but it sounds like they're really grasping at straws at your at your trial trying to come up with everything that they could clip together to to present a case. Was that oh. how the entire trial went? Was it pretty pretty outrageous just like this clip here or was there I mean, did they have anything solid really?
3: No, they had absolutely nothing solid, but like you just said, Craig, that was the main thing that they were trying to do is use deception and manipulation and clip a lot of the stuff out. I mean, do they used like conversations that I had with someone who like on Facebook, like a year before I got arrested, they dug through all of my stuff and said, oh, here's him talking about the Second Amendment. You know what i mean and what it really means Mm -hmm. and you know they played it in court because they could just call a witness up who's an agent who was monitoring me or whatever call them up and say hey did you read this thing that mr caserta said oh yeah we read it okay now we get to bring it in and use it as evidence against him and essentially it's like look at what he's saying it's offensive and wrong so you should just convict him. It has nothing to do with the governor at all. It's not an agreement to kidnap the governor. It's not an overt act to do anything against the governor at all. It's just rhetoric that is, a, uh, you know, considered offensive to soft, weak people. And because of that, you should put him in jail for this fucking crime.
0: Now, at any point did... Did you get wind of any kind of plot against the governor or did you get, hear any chatter through your chats or anything? Did you have any idea that there was anything towards the governor going on other than just shit talk?
3: Yeah. And see, that's the thing. It was mostly shit talk, right? Like a lot of people talked about the governor, you know, a lot of people talked about that bitch. Like we talked about her. Yeah. Right. 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 Exactly. And, and that's the type of shit that was being spoken about. You know i went to one training event um and this was like at a training event in luther this was like the last training we had where they said that they went to her cottage and surveilled it but they never found it because the fbi gave the informant the wrong address so they just drove around the area mm-hmm. right and never even was close to her place because adam fox and those guys forgot where what they didn't even know where it was at you know what i'm saying so when you know something was brought up like hey do you want to go or whatever you know i'm like what are you guys doing like oh we're gonna go you know we're gonna go for a little ride and and do some land nav and check the shit out or whatever and i'm like oh like what are you gonna do like tp her house or something like it's some right. it's like september mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's some random like little blue house and you're telling me that's her place. Like, I don't even know if I believe you, this is kind of a joke. Right. Mm-hmm. So I literally just was like, Oh, okay, bro. Cool. And then walked away and continued to fucking drink beer right. and talk shit around the campfire, because that's why the fuck I came all the way out there was to shoot guns right. and do that. Right. You
0: know? right. So, uh, I want to talk about the FBI involvement because I mean, we, we talked a little bit, but I, I want to dig into it because, um, Because there's a lot of FBI involvement in this, because like we said, 14 people total were arrested. And from what I've read, 12 people were there was 12 FBI agents or informants. So almost like as many people that were arrested were also there was also that many FBI agents or informants on 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 the scene. So um, I want to get into that. But before I do, I want to play this little clip Um, to get your blood boiling because you haven't heard her voice enough.
3: We're preparing to kidnap and possibly kill me. When I put my hand on the Bible and took the oath of office 22 months ago, I knew this job
2: would be hard. But I'll be honest, I never could have imagined anything like this. I want to start by saying thank you to our law enforcement.
3: Thank you to the fearless FBI agents.
0: Thank you to the fearless FBI agents that had as much of a hand in all of this as all the people that were arrested about this. Now, first of all, did that sound like somebody – because that was the day that everybody got arrested. Did that sound like somebody that was fearful for her life? No. No, it sounded like she was pretty happy. Actually, no, <laughs> she was she was smiling. Yeah, well, she was right. like, "This is gonna, was... gonna get
3: me reelected." <laughs> right? She knew about it, bro. Yeah. She knew about it, and that came out in court. And none of the mainstream media said shit about it because when I first uh, associated with these guys, there was like kind of some rhetoric about the governor and stuff, mainly from the FBI's informants. Right? So what they did was, in like the beginning of August or late June or something, you know. The defense team finds out that they went and installed uh, pole cameras and trail cams and all this shit around that house, right? Mm -hmm. So when they did that, they had to get her permission to do that. And then it came out in court where it was like, well, was there a plan to kidnap the governor at this point in time? And they were like, no, there wasn't a plan to do that. No one was going to do it, but they agreed to it later, right? Like afterwards, that's the type of shit they were saying. It's like, well, dude, she knew that the FBI was already there putting up and setting up surveillance equipment around your property. Hmm. So you, you're sitting here saying, oh, you know, I just realized this shit, bitch. you knew the whole fucking time, bro. What are you talking about? You were involved in this shit, dude. It was you and your people.
0: Yeah it's hard to believe that they didn't concoct the idea when before the plot ever existed they were planting cameras around her property just in, it was just in case mm. the this group that we're infiltrating decides a month from now to decide right. to do this thing we're going to no it, it sounds if they're if they're putting up cameras it sounds like they're planning the event themselves right. what what were the cameras for to did they just want to get it on uh, national television have have live footage right. like yeah I've never heard of a scenario like this where they are like uncovering this plot and then all of a sudden they just happen to have cameras planted around that property right. ahead of time
3: well there's there's a few reasons for that number one, you have certain domestic terrorism investigations that occur right now those are regular ones. The main the biggest one you can ever have. Is called a TEI, and that's called a terrorist enterprise investigation. Jason Chambers, the lead handling agent on this case, we discovered text messages from him to other FBI agents and uh, other people, this this shit that was on his phone, you know what I mean, that we were able to get and emails mm-hmm. and stuff, or he's saying, yo, I'm gonna get a TEI, whether they like it or not, like, I'm gonna beat them over the head with this TEI until they comply. Mm-hmm. That's fucking quotes from him. Mm-hmm. So this is like in March, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where they might have some little investigation on someone where they're looking at someone, but you have Jason Chambers and these other agents who are like, dude, we need a fucking TEI, dude. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's what we really need. And you look through some of the discovery, bro. They're flying over my apartment with uh, uh, spy planes, literally, dude, with fucking infrared vision. And I'm looking on the computer while I'm in jail. Like, bro, they were following me to work in a fucking plane, like mm-hmm. a drone. You know what I'm saying? And they were doing this to everybody. They spent millions and millions and millions of dollars because once you get the TEI approved, now you can get a massive amount of money to do certain types of surveillance operations Mm -hmm. and pay informants more money. If you just make it sound like it's something a lot more than it is, you get the TEI. And then, hey, if you're Jason Chambers and you plan on leaving the FBI next year and you have a private intelligence company called Exa Intel that you keep telling people about, You know, you're going to get it off off the ground and and get it going and you're going to be a millionaire because you're, you know, securing deals with other corporations and and government entities to provide them actionable, actionable intelligence to law enforcement. Well, hey, what better would it you know, how good would it for you to have the biggest TEI you've ever had in your life Mm -hmm. and then to say you stopped it all from happening? So you should purchase Exa Intel's uh monitoring and surveillance equipment and skills because it's the safest and best around, you know?
0: It's like the the big revolving door between right. uh government and uh private agencies that we've we've talked about so many right. times. Yeah. Uh you you go from the government, you you build up this, this side thing, then you go work for that, and then you just go back and forth and yeah. you you reap the benefits of it. Now, um a couple informants that it lists on the Wikipedia page, they talk about Big Dan Chapel. Uh, were you familiar yeah. with him? Did, did you come in contact with him? He was supposedly the guy that said he had to fill out a, like a job application to get into this group because he was looking for Second Amendment groups like yourself on Facebook. And then he came across this group and he's like, oh, d- this group is really fishy. And then somehow he got became an informant. He he got involved with the FBI and um, filled out this rigorous job application and got, got into the group. So tell me a little bit about big Dan.
3: Yeah. So uh, just like Dan Harris said on the stand in federal court, big Dan is a bitch straight (laughs) up. Um, And I'll say that to his face right fucking now. Don't care. He's a big fat bitch. Anyways. um, What's funny.
0: Oh, we lost him again. What the hell? What is going on? Big Dan did Big not Dan like that. Big Dan did not like being <laughs> called a bitch. They're like, you're not going to talk about Big Dan like that. Uh, we're going to kick him off. Uh, hopefully we can get him back. Here he is.
3: With me right now, They're fucking with me right now, bro. Yeah. I'm telling you.
0: Yeah, Big Dan didn't like you calling him a bitch. Right.
3: Yeah, fucking assholes. <laughs> Anyways, so what I was saying was is that that got proven wrong and got proven as a lie in state court because, you know, they said that Dan uh, Chapel was this guy just looking for, you know, Second Amendment people and stuff like that. First of all, this guy was a combat army veteran who mm. who has legit. Fighting skills, gunfighting skills. Why would you look for some group of like younger guys who aren't really trained right. very well? Like they're not gonna make your skills better, dude. You know what I'm saying? You should be hanging out with operators and shit, right? So that was suspicious. Now, they said that they wanted to launch the TEI investigation and everything because uh, there were certain things that was said in the chat and that someone was telling someone to download this application to where you could find law enforcement's addresses and, and go after them or harm them or whatever, right? So in state court, they asked about that, and they asked if the FBI, like, this information that Dan Chapel said that he had, you know, do you still have that? Like, the messages that he showed you guys about why you guys need to go over here, do you have any of that stuff? And they didn't have any of it, bro. They just literally said, well, they said it, And it's like okay well did anyone have this application downloaded on their phone no nobody did so it's like you guys are literally just saying something happened when it totally didn't and come to find out you know i believe me me and my team we believe that uh because dan chapel had said to the agents on the phone with them like hey man i'm just trying to build my resume You know what I'm saying? I'm building my resume by being an informant with you guys. So I think that he kind of knew them prior and they just so happen to kind of come up across this group that they could, uh, you know, use and manipulate. Because, look, what usually criminals are informants, right? Usually someone's, you know, trying to work off time or something like that. There's a give and a take right you don't just give some random person full access in a recording device who you a recording device who you have nothing over him to control him you know right and then that's what they did with him is like hey well we're going to give you this recording device and just we know that you're going to do great, right? We know that you're going to record everything you're supposed to. We have absolutely nothing over you to mm. control you and make sure you do the right thing. We just trust you that we're going to do it. And and that's another reason that makes me believe that these guys knew each other prior to this. And this was a conspiracy with with them against real against people who really care about freedom to essentially make money and and get better job positions and make more money off putting people in cages
0: Mm -hmm. now now you talk about the fbi having something to control over the informant to get them to do what they want another um, one of the informants his name is steven robison he was a convicted felon with uh, crimes that include theft, insurance fraud, and sex with a minor. Do you think maybe they could easily manipulate this guy to say exactly what they want and do exactly what they want? Yeah, kind of textbook. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And and one thing that never came out in court, because the judge, like, he ran so much interference and said that things that were so clearly obvious that benefited us and exposed the government, the judge shut it down. And there's, you know, there's a a social situation where Steve Robeson, Dan Chappell, uh, an undercover agent, another undercover agent, and another informant are all talking with each other. And look, they're, they're not supposed to know that each other's our informants. Mm -hmm. They're not supposed to know that. And they're literally talking to each other, telling each other, Hey, man, I'm in this till the wheels fall off. Mm. You know, listen, I'm not going to try to get people to do illegal shit unless I have to, you know, because <laughs> we don't want to just get caught up for storytelling. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I'll tell you what, I'll get them to do whatever I have to do. I'm here till the wheels fall off. Oh, and shit. and that's something that you can't, that's right. irrelevant in court. Come on,
2: bro. Right. Yeah.
0: right. Now, uh another informant, her name was Jenny Plunk, and her mission was to keep Croft within the group's good graces. So you have this group that you're worried is going to pull off this plot, but you have an FBI agent whose sole job is to keep one of the supposedly top guys in the group, keep him in the good graces of the group. What is like what's the point there besides we want to see this thing through? Right. You think they right. want to break up the group, not not keep the group together.
3: Right. And their excuse was, oh, well, if they break up and don't organize or whatever, then they'll just go off and do something violent on their own. <laughs> so we need to make sure that everyone else believes this person's ideas and stays associated with them so that we can keep everyone safe, right? They're so obsessed with safety, um, but really you just – take that word out and it's really control you know these people are psychopaths bro that's what they are they're totally fucking psychopathic
0: now i had heard you interview on another podcast on the no way jose podcast and i i think correct me if i'm wrong that you had talked about an informant or an agent or a, a female that whose sole job was to like have sex with and provide drugs with people to keep <laughs> them in the group is that is that true or am i like dreaming things
3: yeah, so that's Jenny Plunk, the, that, the that's informant what I that you
0: just mentioned. Okay. So is that how she kept cropped within the group was by <laughs> giving him drugs and having sex with him or like, like, I mean, this was her, yeah. this was her job. Her job was to stay
3: attached to Barry and make sure that Barry Showed up at every single event That the FBI set up, right? So the FBI and informants would Set up a meeting, they would get people To come, and if Barry couldn't Come, it was Jenny's job to say No, babe, come on, let's go, I'm gonna come Pick you up all the way in Delaware We're gonna drive, you're gonna drive from Tennessee to Delaware, from Delaware Up to Wisconsin, in the middle Of Wisconsin, back down to Delaware And down to Tennessee, but you don't have a job. You know what I'm saying? Like what? Right. And and that was her job. But that was her job was to essentially secure the connection between a bunch of people who weren't connected. The, the informants and the agents are the connection to a disorganized, unconnected group of people, you know, and they need to maintain that connection in order to maintain their narrative.
0: Mm hmm. So let, let's keep talking a little more about the FBI involvement and and, and the people who are involved in this whole case. Um, tell me a little bit about this guy here. Uh, this is <laughs> I, I know you have a little bit to say about this guy. This is Richard Trask. He was one of the one of the agents on the case.
3: Yeah, this guy right here is big gay. That's the about the gayest <laughs> pictures you can fucking have right there. Jesus, bro.
1: Like,
3: come on, man. Um, yeah, this guy is a total psychopath, though, too. He likes beating the shit out of his wife and choking her half to death mm-hmm. while uh, right after they get done going to swingers parties and he likes to watch his wife cuck him. And after he realizes that she makes better noises with the guy that (laughs) is fucking her than him, then he gets really mad about it and tries to kill her. And uh, yeah, this is the type of person that's working for the federal government going around and and stopping terrorism as he's like bashing his wife's head over the fucking nightstand, you know, putting gashes in her head and strangling her half to death.
0: Now, does does this help? The trial against y'all or did this did this affect it in any way when this guy because this guy got arrested um, a year, a year later, but it was like right in the middle of the trial and shit. So um, how did the did this play into it at all that this guy this guy's arrest in his I mean, I from what I gathered, this isn't his first incident of misconduct or, or some sort of domestic issues, is it? No, no, it's not. I mean, how, how, first of all, how does this guy stay on the case in right, the first yeah. place? Because I know I, w- I was in the military. I know as soon as if you get slapped with domestic abuse charges, you can't carry a rifle in the military. And then if you can't carry a rifle, you're you're out the door because they that's blocked. I mean, that's your job is to carry a rifle. And so um, how is this how does somebody like this make it into this this position here? And then how does that affect you guys' case?
3: Well, so, you know, as far as our case is concerned, there wasn't a whole lot that we could do to kind of bring that in, except like, you know, the government knew that they couldn't call this guy to testify. Right. They didn't want to call any of their agents involved in the case, you know, besides Dan Chapel, like an informant or something. They didn't want to call anyone who collected any evidence or did anything because if they did, we were going to be able to cross-examine them and essentially call them on all of their bullshit and their mm-hmm. lies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But they didn't want to call him and there wasn't a whole lot we could do like okay, yeah, this guy's a psycho. Yeah, he beats his wife, but does it really have anything to to do with with the with the case and 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 stuff like that? The only way that it did, not legally, but as far as socially and in the media, I think it helped us out a lot because... That was something else that showed that, hey, this thing's fishy as fuck. Like, it's not what you think it is. You just heard that there was 12 informants involved in this case. And now, look, guess what? One of the FBI agents just got fucking arrested, bro, for beating his wife. Like, these are the type of people that were involved in this case. So don't go on just talking about, like, you knew that there was 12, you know, domestic terrorists that were going to go kidnap the governor and all that shit. That shit ain't real, bro. What you need to do is pay more attention to who were the people who were orchestrating the case and involved in leading the case. And that's the government.
0: Now, talking about the people involved in leading the case, what about this FBI head guy, the head agent of the Detroit field office that then coincidentally went on to – Head up the FBI, or like, yeah, take charge of the uh, January sixth investigation, and then also the the Trump raid, Mar-a-Lago raid. Like, this guy is just like shooting up the ladder because, and it sounds like it started with with your case here.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think his his name's Anthony Duantano or something like that. Hmm. Um, yep, he's got an yep. interesting last name.
0: Yeah, it's, but that. Dio Wantano or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, that guy, he was the head of the Detroit field office, right? Oh, okay. So everything that Jason Chambers and Chase uh Jason Trask and and Henrik Impala and all of these other people did ultimately kind of went up to him and he would give approval for it and things like that. Mm-hmm. So once he essentially took credit for this fake conspiracy happening. Once we got arrested, they promoted him to Washington DC immediately. And then, you know, the, the, the J six stuff happened. Right. And he's like, you know, going to be involved in, and in making sure that's uh, safe and okay. And that the government's help holding everyone accountable and all that bullshit. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the Mar-a-Lago thing, you know, he's aware of that, but look, guess what, you know, what just happened This guy just quit his fucking job, dude, like a few weeks ago. Really? He just said, oh, yeah, dude, he just quit. Hmm. He's like, you know what? Actually, I don't want to be an FBI agent anymore. See you later. And then just walked away.
0: I mean, he just padded his resume. You're talking about the other guys wanting to pad their resume. I mean, he's got your case on hand. He's got the January 6th case and then also the Trump raid. And now, he I mean, he's done everything he needs to. He might as well get out before people start looking into him a little bit. So what's he doing now?
3: I'm not sure. I just, I read some articles that uh, I believe was from Julie Kelly and American Greatness. Don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure I can find them though, because Mm -hmm. uh, if you look into someone called Radix Verum, her name's Christina, a good friend of mine, she uh, found that stuff as well. And um, we just thought it was very interesting that once the the house was going to turn red or whatever, you know, there was going to be some sort of investigations happening on these mm. people. Mm. And there was actually going to be some sort of pushback. So we thought it was kind of funny. Like it was a coincidence, like, Oh yeah. Once you can see this about to happen, now you decide to just back away from all of it. Kind of like the Fauci thing, right? right like Fauci's right. just like, well, see you later. Like, I'm not about to get in trouble for this shit. And if I stay in this position, I'm going
1: to.
0: Right. Yeah. Wow. People are going to start looking into it eventually. And when they do, I want to be as far away as I can possibly be. Right. And um, that, that seemed to be the way that <laughs> that they operate. Um, we are uh, overdue for a break. Do you got more time to to because I got plenty more questions to ask. You got more time to talk after this break?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. I got a little bit more time. I probably got maybe like 40 more minutes.
0: Okay, perfect. Perfect. That's about what we have. So, um, we're going to take a quick break. We usually take two or three minutes, to uh, freshen up our drinks and stuff. And then, uh, we'll, we'll be back with Brandon Caserta, uh, domestic terrorist of the Gretchen Whitmer plot. We'll be right back. (laughs) And we are back with talking with Brandon Caserta. He's accused um, kidnapping plotter of the, the, the Gretchen Whitmer plot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> some crazy shit we've been talking about. Um, definitely, we, we just got done talking about the FBI involvement and how how deeply entrenched they were and how, how big of shitbags the people that were involved were in it. I mean, <laughs> we talked about... The guy who bashed his head over the nightstand. We talked about- His wife's head. Yeah, his wife's head over the nightstand because uh, he didn't like how she interacted at a swingers party, which, I mean- (laughs) I, we we could probably talk for an hour about that. Go right. through the psychology yeah. of that or, individual,
2: or, or the FBI agent who had to like put out to keep the guy involved. Yeah. That's got to be fun. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's like it's like you know I I I want to um, advance women in the uh, police force right. in the in the federal agency. So so what can I do? Um, you're gonna you're gonna fuck the the people to keep them in yeah. in the group. because I need a promotion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, Brandon, it, we, we got you back for a little bit longer. Um, anything else you got about the FBI? Because uh, we can we can move on. <laughs> that was all I had with them. But
3: um, yeah, I mean, we can move on. Um, but, you know, just the main thing I want people to, to know is that, you know, when these things happen to people like me, you know, um, don't let that don't let that scare you away from, from speaking out against tyranny. You know what I mean? Don't let that, don't, don't allow them to make you think that, Oh, well this, this would just happen to me. There's not, I might as well never act or never expose it or never talk about it because, you know, I'm just going to get victimized like this or whatever, because these agencies are like so powerful and everything. They're not, they're not dude these agencies are disintegrating themselves, they're eating themselves alive, you know, because they're immoral. And I just don't want people to, you know, get too scared and and not want to not want to speak freely about what they believe, you know, just try to maybe put a little bit extra context in so that if someone is like listening, they can't take it out of context because you provided the context for it, like right in the sentence, you know, and, and there's a lot of stuff that we didn't get to talk about as far as like certain documentation that I have that they're reasoning on, on actually investigating me and what those reasons were, you know, those reasons were all totally legal, totally protected speech, Mm -hmm. um, first amendment stuff, second amendment stuff and things like that. But I do want to mention there's, there's going to be a lot more coming out too, because I'm currently making a documentary right now with Radix Verum and it's called Patriot conspiracy. Right. And, we got quite a bit of footage man and uh, it's going to be looking it's going to be looking real good this is going this is going to be a huge hit against these
2: guys wow.
0: yeah I wanted to that the reason I reached out um, last week or the week before was because I had seen um, you had posted a, a teaser for for the um for the documentary, so I, w- I did want to get into that and ask you a little bit about that and uh, um, talk, talk to us as much as you can or as much as you're willing to about this documentary. What's it about and um, what's involved in stuff? Because uh, the sound, I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, just uh, go ahead and talk about that as much as you want.
3: So you know, I'm I'm assisting in this documentary. A lot of it's going to be about me and my experience but really it's Christina's really it's it's Radix Verum it's it's she's putting all this work behind it she's putting all the effort behind it with editing and traveling and talking to people and film equipment and all that stuff so this is really kind of like her thing Mm -hmm. you know I'm just I'm just a part of it because I can help her get connected with certain people that might be too scared to speak you know but if they talk with me then they'll be like, okay, you said that she was cool. Okay, cool. You know, then I'll, then I'll Mm -hmm. talk to him. You know, I got her in contact with Barry and, and, you know, Barry's involved and, and we're not going to allow the state to perpetuate this lie. We're not going to allow that. As long as I'm out here free, I'm not going to allow that to happen. The Mm -hmm. truth is going to come out, you know, and there's a lot of good material to to look forward to, and I would suggest going to her uh, YouTube channel as well and subscribing to her because she's got a lot of good material as well.
0: Cool. Now, is it specifically focused on this case, or is it involving other incidences with the FBI and corruption and stuff, or is it just solely this case?
3: Yeah. So we came up with the name Patriot Conspiracy because essentially, you know, like OKC and. And all of these like scenarios, right, where the FBI was obviously acting very suspicious, and you know, pretty much like created it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we touch on those, and that old, you know, it used to be called CoIntel Pro, but before that, it was PATCON. Oh, Specifically shit. when they were going after white after white militia groups mm-hmm. and pro Second Amendment groups and stuff like that back in the nineties, you know, the Waco thing and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, those operations were under the umbrella of PAC-CON. And our case, Operation Cold Snap is also under the umbrella of PatCon. Mm-hmm. This is the COINtel pro PatCon um essentially martial art that they're using that these government agents are using against the public in order to frame them right. for fake conspiracy. So we bring that up and then we kind of like segue that into this modern PatCon operation, you know, that just right. happened with me and, 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 you know, everyone mm-hmm. else, right. And this fake fed napping, you right. know, FBI hoax. Yeah. and yeah, we,
0: You're, yeah, you're ringing all our bells here. Cause we've definitely, yeah. ta- we did a couple episodes about like the nineties, um, mm-hmm. um, the anti-government groups and, uh, the crackdown on those. We talked about the Oklahoma city bombing and Waco and stuff, and we tied them all together. So it's interesting that you're bringing that back around full circle with us because, um, it's, it's all the same playbook. And I think we even talked about back during that episode, it's like, Hey, we're kind of seeing a resurgence of what was going on in the nineties where they're, they're trying to make this kind of narrative of these white supremacist groups or Mm -hmm. these, uh, um, anti-government, because people are Right. rightfully so, pissed off at the government. And so yeah. now we have to crack down on this and make it look like anybody yeah. who's pissed off at the government obviously is connected to... Back yeah. then it was, obviously, you're like Timothy McVeigh. And now it's like, well, you're you're just like the Gretchen Whitmer plotters, or now it's right. the, the J6-er. Right. You, you're yeah. connected to the J6-er. So, um, oh, oh, you're speaking out against uh, some of these uh, lockdowns and shit. Are, yeah. you, are you a Trump supporter? Are right. you a, a J6-er? Right. And so... Yeah, You you just kind of see this resurfacing of the mm-hmm. same playbook they were playing in the 90s.
2: I, actually, I just saw something. and I was at my my dad's last week, and uh, he had the news on, and it said something about looking for a uh, resurgence in uh, domestic terrorists against immigrants now. And I'm like, okay, here we go all over again. So it's like just same old song.
0: Well, I had seen a guy. He was a head of, I think, one of the intelligence agencies. He came out this week or last week and was saying... Um, well, if, uh, he was warning against domestic terrorism, and he was like, if, if Timothy McVeigh were around today, um, he would be mainstream. He would probably be a Republican intern. He would be made a, yeah, it was just like fucking ridiculous, the, the connections they're making. And, yeah. um, they're making the connections with the 90s. And so I, mm-hmm. I feel it's only right that we do. Absolutely. Too. So did, did this, um, this COINTEL or whatever, did that go away? Or is this the same exact umbrella or like a reformation of it? Or is it um, something that, hey, they're just copying what they, they were doing back then? Because, I mean, for a while there, you didn't hear a lot of this crackdown on domestic terrorism right. and shit, like especially like early two thousand, because we're all focused on... Right, 9-11 took nine, over. Yeah, we're focused right. on um outside terrorism, not inside terrorism.
3: Yeah, and, and back then, well, essentially... Yes, it is the same thing, but it's on steroids now, you know, back then they still had their media propaganda, but they have now they have to combat people like us, like we are annihilating them in in the arena of truth, mm. you know, like people like us are decimating cnn plus you know these people can't even get their shit off the ground because right. some dude in his bedroom or some you know woman in her kitchen pulls her laptop out and starts making a video and speaking making videos and speaking truth and now she's got five hundred thousand followers you know right. what i mean and they're having a problem with that so what they're trying to do is essentially use this old like pat con conspiracy stuff and realize hey wait a second remember that shit that we did in the 90s Mm. to make these people look scary look these are the people that are actually speaking out against our tyranny that we're trying to conduct against them Mm -hmm. they're in our way we need to figure out a way to frame them socially in society to ostracize them from society and make sure that these ideas don't propagate through this land that we're trying to dominate. Mm. And a great way to do that is to start making up fake conspiracies around these people and framing them in the public eye, making an example out of them and shutting them up so they quit exposing your tyranny that you're trying to conduct against them.
0: Now, do you think they are scrambling so much harder and working so much harder because information is so much more free? Because you see all this like fight against um like free media and shit. Like the big deal that they made just because Elon Musk was like, "Hey, we're going to allow free speech on this platform." And then all of a sudden he was like had a target on his back just for saying those words. And all like with social media and stuff these days, yeah, it is semi it is regulated to mm. a certain extent, but there's you and I both know there is so many ways to get free information out there um that they didn't possess in the 90s. It was so much easier to put a lid on it in the 90s and control the narrative in the 90s. It's so much harder now. Is that do you think that's why they're ramping it up so much harder?
3: Yes, I do believe that's exactly why. You know, before they could just kind of put out a couple little news segments and show you what's on the news. Now, dude, a lot of people like they don't really give a shit about the news. They don't really care. They listen to like their own person that they feel like they connect with. They might have a group of people and they listen to them on their way home, like home from work or whatever. And they don't, you know, sit there and and try to, they're using the internet Mm -hmm. for their news and information. They're no longer using the TV. The TV is, is, is traded spaces to like, just be like blind entertainment, like Netflix. There's no like, they try to so uh, throw political like subtle things in there, you know what I mean. But really, yeah. it's just entertainment. It's no like you know constant information because right. the uh, the the news organizations are losing. You know what I mean. They're they're losing the battle in the arena of truth, mm-hmm. and they have to you know step their game up because if people start realizing that they're free and if people start realizing the principles of self defense and firearm ownership mm-hmm. and they start realizing their identity and what they believe in you know the the state's trying to push out all this propaganda and this corporate media trying to push out all this propaganda to get young kids confused about their gender and their identity Mm. and if you get someone confused about their identity and they don't know who they are you can fucking control them Mm. and that's what they're trying to do so they don't want people like us saying hey you know what you should buy a firearm and train with it hey you know what you should know what your rights are hey you know what you have the right to self-defense you know we are free and we deserve Mm. it
0: You know, understand
3: what your identity is and know who you are and know what you believe in. So they have to step that up because they're losing the battle. And, Mm -hmm. you know, these people, they're they're not very good at creating certain things. Right. But they are very good at co-opting something that was already invented or created it and then manipulating it and transforming it into what they want it to be. You know, Mm -hmm. but they're not like truly creative with heart based intelligence.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. So. Um, back to the uh, documentary, is there a, a set release date that for that? Is it done or is she still working on it or uh, when can we expect that?
3: So, you know, I would say probably, you know, summertime. Okay. I, I would start looking around then. Okay. Uh, we still have like a whole nother segment, right? Oh, we wow. still have more filming to do with me. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, as long as our editor stays around, he's a super cool dude um he's into it too like he's passionate about it you know what i'm saying just like you know we are so as long as he sticks around and everything's cool um you know it's probably going to be released around then christina knows a lot more than i do about it Mm -hmm. i'm just trying to put it out there so people know about it but it is coming out and it is going to be dropped all i know is we got one more session with me and her to do some filming and then she's handling a lot of the rest of the stuff. Okay. Once that's over with, then then it's going to get edited and dropped. So we're thinking like June, July, something okay. around okay.
0: there. Oh, we'll, we'll definitely have to have you back on to talk about that yeah. around that time frame. Uh, have you guys got any pushback from it yet uh, moving forward? Has she got pushback
3: Uh, You know, well, what's actually funny is uh, the government helped us in this situation (laughs) because during Barry Croft's sentencing the other day, he was sentenced to uh, 19 and a half years in federal Mm -hmm. prison. And, you know, Radix Verum had a interview with him, you know, and, and recorded it because they have video kiosks in the jail where you can, you know, have sound and video. Right. And. She was like, hey, do you want anything to say about or do you want to say anything about what's going on? Like, what do you want to uh, tell the American people and stuff like that? And so Nils Kessler, the prosecutor, decided it was a great idea to, you know, because he had the material recorded because it's in the jail. So he can access that thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like he got it from her. Right. Mm -hmm. But he used that. And then tried to paint him out to be a terrorist because he quoted the founding fathers and, you know, always referenced the Constitution. He kept referencing the Constitution, right, over and over again. And, you know, this is why you should give this person life in prison. So what wound up happening is... You know all the media people in, in the corporate media in the courtroom are like, dude, where the fuck did this come from? Like, we never heard about this. You know, they find out it's Christina's work mm. and they're like hitting her up, dude. Like, dude, can I, can we buy that material? Where did mm. you get some of this material? Like, can we get some and stuff like that? So it's like, hey, thanks, guys. You just wanted to pull you know, this bullshit in court and think it's going to work in your favor. And all you did was just promote our documentary right, that we're about yeah. to drop to slap you in the face.
0: Right. Free promotion to all the press out there without even having to lift a finger. Yeah. That, I mean, that works out for you all. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that got 19 and a half years, the, Barry Croft, were you there? Were you there for his trial, his, his sentencing?
3: No, I wasn't there for the sentencing, but I was there. Uh, in the trial, the first trial and the second trial for them. The first trial I was acquitted, they got a mistrial, so they retried him again in the second trial. But, yeah, I was there for the second one, but when he just got sentenced, I was not able to make it there. But I did listen in. I listened in on the phone.
2: And part of that was uh, they tried to implicate him with, like, weapons of mass destruction or
0: something like that. Yeah, I was, right? was going to ask about that, like, because you see that on Wikipedia, he got charged with, uh, like, attempt to possess weapons of mass destruction. Is, where Where did that come from?
3: So dude that's crazy because that's like one of the biggest bullshit charges ever. You, mm-hmm. you know what Barry did? Barry took fireworks from <laughs> that he bought and you know, modified them a little bit to make them go boom a little bit better.
1: Mm-hmm. You know
3: what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um he this guy never uh, uh tried to get a bomb or anything like that. He was fucking with, you know, um smokeless gunpowder and shit that's the type of shit that they use you know against him in court and then the the wmd shit was pretty much like well he agreed with our undercover agent to get you know weapons of mass destruction from him so Mm. it's a conspiracy that you know he agreed to because look at all these fireworks that he's fucking with you know and he's obviously dangerous yeah so you know i i i can't believe that that happened dude uh-huh. but is this something he, he can appeal
2: at, or is he just fucked i mean he's gonna do 19 and a half years
3: for this entire thing yeah. and when we're talking about fed prison he's probably gonna do half of that or uh-huh. a little bit he's so, gonna do like 60 70 percent of that time
2: are we talking leavenworth
3: uh what's
2: leavenworth that, like where, the federal uh, the penitentiary down there—it looks like a country club.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, I haven't—I haven't heard about that. I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I doubt it's going to be like that. He's probably going to go to a straight-up fucking, yeah, you know, prison. But federal prison is better than any other time that you could do. It's better than state time. It's better than county time. County time's the hardest time. The time that I did that—18 months—that's mm-hmm. the hardest time you're ever going to have in a
2: bit, mm-hmm.
0: you know,
3: and. Mm-hmm. He's gonna probably do like ten years, okay. you know, and then get out.
0: Now now what changed because you you had said he got the his first trial was a mistrial and then the second one he gets charged or sentenced to nineteen and a half years. What changed between the first and the second that went from, oh, this right. is there's not enough here, we got a mistrial to hey, this guy needs locked up for nineteen and a half years?
3: Well, essentially it was like the judge and the prosecution realized like, oh shit, we fucked up like We didn't keep enough stuff out. You know what I mean? And the judge is like, sorry, bro. Like, I thought you guys had it. You know what I mean? They're like, no, man, you should have shut that shit down. Mm. So come the second trial, the prosecution's like, hey, we're going to try these guys again. Mm. And then they kept even more information out, you know, because now there's less people. And the judge was given doing crazy shit, bro. Like allowing these important witnesses to testify for the government and giving the government unlimited time and then saying oh the defense you guys want to get down to the truth and you on a cross examine this witness you got 20 minutes wow. and then it's it's done with like there's no way to defend yourself you know that's like saying you're about to get in a fight with someone and they're like look you're going to get down on your knees and put one hand behind your back it's like how the fuck am i supposed to win then if if mm-hmm. you're if you're going to hinder me like
0: that. Now, how how do you justify that as like a non biased trial by jury when when there's like clearly you would think there'd be um, precedent for a uh, an appeal of some sort here because right. of how how this trial was clearly yeah, biased against him. And it, wouldn't that be a case of double jeopardy? Well, no, the first was a mistrial. Oh, it was
2: a mistrial. Okay.
0: Yeah. And, and come to find out
3: only one person got in the way of that. There was one juror who said, no, they are guilty. And everyone else said they weren't guilty, you know? And for me personally, I, I believe that, look, if the government's supposed to prove its case beyond a reasonable doubt, well, If they can't agree, if a jury can't agree, that's your reasonable doubt right there. The government shouldn't have unlimited chances to fucking take people to trial over and over
2: again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've always I've always thought that was odd. It's like you think they'd have to for beyond reasonable doubt, you'd have to come to a unanimous decision or it should be. It's out an acquittal. Yeah, it right. should be. Well, they they can't decide, and that's your trial by jury. We shouldn't just be like, oh, the jury can't decide. Let's bring yeah. in another this jury trial. Let's do another and, one and try to convince these guys. Yeah. But hey, let's keep some of the information out yeah. that maybe raised some questions the first time. Now, uh, do you believe? Uh, do you did you get a sense that um, that they had to have some sort of conviction here to um, kind of whitewash their massive fuck up in this right. whole thing? Was and it, send a big message?
3: Yes, absolutely. That's why they did what they did, because they realized that they fucked up, you know, and, and, oh, my God, like the truth actually got out there, you know, these defense attorneys, these regular defense attorneys, you know, they thought that the the government thought they could crush them, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And this was a true story of David versus Goliath, you know, where the small guy came out and said, you know what? Fuck you. I believe in truth. I'm going to fucking fight against you and I'm going to win. You're not going to fucking, you're not going to control me, you know? And they, and they lost against that. So they realized, Oh my God, Brandon Caserta and Daniel Harris just fucked our entire shit up Mm -hmm. by not being a coward and admitting to something that they didn't do. So now we're fucked on that we have to get these guys because all the other state cases and all the other people involved hinge on this one federal case with these six guys right here mm-hmm. and two of them just got acquitted and the jury couldn't come to a decision on these guys so we need to try them again and we need to put these guys in a cage because we're about to lose the entire fucking narrative right you know
0: yeah i, I remember i had seen an article i had pulled up an article that was right after you got acquitted in the mistrial and it was basically the article headline was like the case against the plotters is falling to pieces and so i'm sure the feds read this and they're like we got to get somebody on this we got to hammer somebody on this now what happened to the because two got sentenced within the last week or so what happened to the other two because there was you two got the mistrial and then they got or you two got acquitted then the mistrials what what happened to the other two
3: yeah, so Ty Garbin, he um, you know, when we got first got arrested, he immediately flipped and started mm-hmm. snitching on everyone. Wow. And essentially mm-hmm. he just agreed to work for the government and just tell the government's story. Like wow. it's not like he's providing this information on this real thing. Mm-hmm. He's just, you know, telling the government, like, hey, I'll I'll say whatever you want me to say mm-hmm. if you're gonna give me less time. Right, you know, and, just, and that's exactly what happened. He, he did that right when he got arrested.
0: Right. So <laughs> Um. Now you talked about the video that she took of Barry Croft, and I watched. I watched it a little bit, and you were. Um, you talked about how he was defending the Constitution. They tried to use this against him. Where did we get to the point in our history where talking about the Constitution was like evidence of domestic terrorism? Right. Like, like how have we gotten to this point?
3: I I have no idea. It, w- it would just have to be the public education system and the mass propaganda machine, you know, the, the MK ultra, the operation, mockingbird, uh, CIA psyops going on and the dumbing down of society, Mm -hmm. you know, with certain types of foods and chemicals and stuff. It's just like making people confused and weak and not knowing who the fuck they are. And, you know, a lack of real masculinity in society, mm-hmm. you know, with, without these things that normally uh, a healthy society would have, or, or a healthy society should have some of these qualities, but they are taking them away from society. And because of that, we're, you know, having certain outcomes of things Uh, just be totally crazy and ridiculous and not make any sense at all. I mean, these people are literally using the constitution as their authority to bring you to court, Mm -hmm. you know? And then it's like, They bring you to court and try to convict your ass for talking about the document that they just fucking said they used to put you in this fucking cage. Right. Makes no sense.
0: Yeah, Yeah, because like you were saying, he was talking about the founding fathers and the Constitution and stuff. And anytime you bring up any of that shit within the last four or five years, it's like, well, obviously you're one of those guys. It's like the like even the term patriot has been taken as a term of basically domestic terrorist or a Trump supporter or something like you can't even say you love your country anymore. And it's just, it's just bizarre. Like you say you're a a patriot. That means uh, all of a sudden you, you must hate the establishment we have going on here. It's like, isn't that the opposite of what patriot means? (laughs) Right. And like there, there's a certain level of patriotism to the point where she's like, "I, I love my country to the point where I want to preserve what it stands for not what these people up here are making it right. and that that's the scary thing to them is mm-hmm. well these guys want to make want to make this what it was meant to be in the first place and and we can't have that because we we're going off on this agenda here and right. that that bypasses the constitution so far and right. so when people start quoting the constitution when people like yourself or like Barry Croft are educated enough to be able to um like quote the con- uh, constitution and actually explain what it means right. that that's I that's mean dangerous for them y- yeah you're talking about in- intelligent individuals and we we don't like intelligent individuals because right. they might be able to stand up for themselves
3: right exactly yeah
0: so um you talked about your time in jail um a little bit and said how miserable it was um then you you got acquitted how long were how long did you say you served time
3: uh, I did a total of 18 months.
0: Holy oh. shit, I didn't realize it was that long, and you said that was miserable. Um, after the fact, so, you, so your trial was ridiculous, like you said. Uh, you get acquitted because it was obviously ridiculous. After the trial— What had your life been like? um, i had seen one of the first interviews you did, I think it was with Fox News, and they said you had been laying low and stuff, and clearly now you're not laying low. Did you go through a point where you're like, I don't want to make a lot of noise for myself or like hinder all these other trials, or um, did you just not want to talk to anybody?
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it was both of those. You know what I mean? I knew there was other stuff going on, but I also knew that I needed to take some serious time to myself and do some self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Not not because I did anything wrong or anything, but because of what the fuck just happened to me. Right. You know, I get I get released and I, you know, I'm on the TV on the news and there's this all this stuff. So many people are saying all these things about me. And it's just like, dude, I'm just a regular ass guy. Like right. they put me in this like fake thing that the government made up and tried to make it seem real and it failed. And now my face is fucking plastered everywhere. Like, look, I don't give a shit about any of that. Like I'm trying to build my life back together because the FBI fucking destroyed it, dude. They took my job that you like, everything I had, dude, money, everything gone, dude. You Mm. know what I'm saying? They took all my guns and shit. Mm. Now I got all that shit back. Right. But there was certain things like my job and and my house and stuff that is, is gone. And, you know, as a grown man, I'm 34 years old. Like, look, dude, I got to build up from scratch again. And that shit takes time and that shit's hard. So I really wanted to think about what just happened to me and then just start focusing on putting the pieces back together so that I can be more successful and more superior than where I was at when I got arrested. And I've already surpassed that, especially the past few months Mm -hmm. of my life right now. So now it's kind of at the point where it's like, all right, bro, your shit's together. You know what I'm saying? You're doing what you need to do. Now it's time to really fucking speak out against them. Mm -hmm. You know,
0: now um, moving forward, do you find yourself are you going to be more of a like an advocate or a um I are are you going to continue down this road of advocacy for things like this or are you going to be more of do you, do you find do you feel or find the the need that to be public and to kind of be the face of this like speaking out against this shit or um do you see this as after this documentary I'm just going to go live a normal life like like what what are your intentions moving forward I guess
3: Uh, You know, essentially with this situation, brother, the government just gave me a platform to expose them. Mm -hmm. This is shit that I've already wanted to do is go on podcasts and and speak truth and and share information with people and bring more people together about these principles and about freedom and about training with firearms and about all these things that I love and I enjoy and I want to preserve. And all they did was they fucked up by framing me and gave me a platform to continue to expose their ass. And I'm going to do this shit for as long as it takes to wake society up. Mm. You know, I'm going to continue to do this until everyone wakes up. Mm -hmm. Like that's when I'm done, you know, and I gotta, I have my own obligations, right? I got my own life. I got to take care of, you know, I got to feed myself. I got to do all this stuff. Right. But, you know, ultimately there's, I feel a duty and kind of an obligation to you know, as long as there's other people out there um, getting victimized by the state and getting victimized by, you know, even private criminals. Right. As long as there's immorality happening in the world, then, you know, it needs to be exposed. The truth needs to be shined on it. And people need to know about it. Knowledge is power for real. You know, and I'm all about spreading that knowledge. So the more opportunities I get, I plan on making this just an upward trajectory, you know, as mm-hmm. fast as I can go. And I never plan on stopping.
0: So, uh, do you do you find your because you've already served time? Do you find yourself like when you're making these plans, like I got my platform, I'm going to speak out against this. Do you like have in the back of your head, I've got a line that I can't cross because I don't want to, I don't want to end up in that situation again, or are you just like I'm all in on this now because I've already I've already been right. there, done that. I have the T-shirt. Um, I'm all in. Or do you do you set lines for yourself where it's just like, well, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to. I I mean. Either way, I'm not going to say you're wrong because nobody wants to, especially after having been there, wants to put yourself back in that position. But on the other hand, you seem like you're like, fuck it. I'm all in on this. Right. They lit a fire.
3: Yeah. I mean, look, when the government goes for it, they hit. You know what I'm saying? They usually hit and they missed. They're not going to if anything happens to me it's going to be off the books. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be off the books. It's going to be a secret op where I, you know, got epstein right? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's how it's going to go down if anything happens. And the only person that can control that is me. Like, I can only defend myself, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to live my life in fear uh, because of some shit that these other people in the government did, you know? Unfortunately, it's like, if they choose to go after you, bro, like you're going to get God,
1: right? You know
3: mm. what I mean? If you don't know, they're looking after you, you're going to get God just, right. it doesn't matter, you know, what it is, if they don't like it, they're going to come after you. But like I was saying before, I, I'm not going to let that stop me. You know, I have truth on my side, bro. Mm. Truth is way more powerful than the lie,
0: right? You know, and
3: if I die speaking for truth and and, and fighting for freedom, then look, that's how it happens. You know what I mean?
0: I feel like that would be more fulfilling of a life than being the guy that flipped as soon as right. you got arrested and no being like, I, I, I'll I, do whatever you say. Just don't take you're everything right. from me. Like you're an example of, look, they, there's injustice. You're one of few, few examples that like the injustice happened and you got that flipped or turned around where now you can speak out against it. Like there's so many people that it happens to them and then they're just fucked the rest of their life or they spend the rest of their life in jail or – Worse, or, they turn. They, or they just disappear, like you were saying. And it's just like, um, right. you're, you're one of few examples where you're on this side of it, where now you can actually speak out against it because you made it out of that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see it as a blessing.
3: You know, I was extremely blessed and life handed me lemons, bro. And I'm making all the fucking lemonade, bro, for mm-hmm. everybody. Drink this shit. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, um, you had. You had mentioned it a little bit early in the show you you wanted people to like your message to people was not to be afraid of the even after everything that you've gone through you don't want this to be the reason that they're afraid to speak out the reason that they're afraid to um to push against things that they see as tyrannical government and stuff um i don't know what your your views are but like how far how far do you think <laughs> I mean, we've talked about like what's our line, like because there's there's certain lines that like you're not gonna take up arms against the police because they pulled you over. You talked about that. It's like yes, and you, they might have pulled you over for some bullshit charge, but but some things just aren't worth making a like right. making your life harder over. But I, I guess for you, like, what do you tell people? Like, where's the line, or when's the line, or? Um, because the whole thing is they don't want you knowing that this constitution, this, this government was set up. So if you don't like what's going on, we have the power to, to change that one way or another. I mean, that, that's what it was founded on. It's in the Mm -hmm. Declaration of Independence. And, um, if if you quote those, those certain, uh, statements out of the Declaration of Independence, you're immediately a terrorist. Yeah. So, um, I guess what's your advice to people like how 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 hard do we push or like where where do we go with with the government that we're set up that's so heavily stacked against us yeah i mean
3: the first of all the avenue that we need to take is the one we're doing right now right we need to use freedom of speech to Mm -hmm. combat the lie that is super important for us to do that um And it's might be difficult to like, you know, it's kind of hard, right, to get someone else to change their beliefs, You know, it's, it's, it's difficult to do that. But if we can just put that information out there and kind of guide people, it will, uh, I think that will help wake them up. Now, it's harder to control, you know, the government wants to control what people think, but people like us don't want to do that. We want you to come to the conclusion yourself, right? So, in our personal lives, what we have to do is create independence from the system. And that is very empowering, right? So it, that involves acquiring knowledge and information, you know, understanding self-defense and and knowing how to do that. Anything that might make you reliant upon the government or somebody else, try to learn that skill and, and do that skill, mm-hmm. you know, and that. The more people that do that, the more people that free their minds, there doesn't have to be a violent revolution. None of that has to happen. There are so much more of us than there are of them. Just like that, uh, that cartoon ants or whatever, Mm -hmm. where the grasshoppers are like, dude, if they understand how powerful they are, we're done. Right. You know what I'm saying? We can gang up on one of them. You know and and select certain people and stuff like that but if they realize that they could literally just ignore us into irrelevance you know our we're done dude it's over with you know they don't even need to we don't even need to go to war or use violence or anything we just enough people have to say you know what i'm not complying with you guess what oh income tax not paying it not paying Mm -hmm. it it's not legit you don't have enough people to go get everybody you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. you don't and if they're willing to defend themselves you're done your control's Mm -hmm. over you're gonna it's gonna be like a crazy guy running around in the park talking about like give me give me your money give me five dollars you know what i'm saying and everyone's like what who's this fucking crazy ass guy like i'm not doing anything for him like what the fuck you know what i'm saying this guy's a bum dude that's what's gonna happen but more people need to wake up And realize that, that it doesn't have to be violent. None of that shit has to happen. Mm -hmm. It's just that we need to keep acquiring knowledge and taking care of each other as, as human beings and being like, Hey, you know what? Your beliefs are a little bit different than mine and that's okay. But just as long as you don't want me to be enslaved, maybe we can have a conversation, you know?
0: And we've talked about that several times on the show about learning the skills and stuff and learning to be independent. And a big thing that we talk about is you can't learn all the skills. You can't be Mm -hmm. an expert at everything. And that's where networking comes in. It's like, I don't know shit about, uh, meat processing. I, I hook up with somebody that, you know, like you're not going to learn everything, but then you network with like-minded people that do have skills that you don't have. Mm -hmm. And, uh, hooking up with people, um, Obviously, uh, keeping your ear open and realizing who's a Fed and who's not, right. um, but <laughs> right. but that's uh, networking plays a big role in that uh, because again, we're not going to know everything. Right. But if we know people that know things, then and we form our own communities that are willing to um, slightly like ignore um, all these ridiculous regulations too, then then um, it's pretty dangerous for them right. because hey, uh, people are actually. Surviving without us when, when the government when the people realize they don't need the government, that's when the government has a problem because um, they they keep forming all these committees and subcommittees and um and organizations task and task force and and subcommittees for the task force and charging it to us, charging it to our bank account in the name of income tax or sales tax or whatever tax. Once we come to realize, hey, we don't fucking need that, then they're out jobs and they're out the wealth that they've accumulated and then that's dangerous to them and that's what all the pushback is right. is um we can't have people realizing that they don't need us. Yes, absolutely. And do you think that's uh I I feel like that's why there's actually the big push against the second amendment. It's not the school shootings, it's not the mass shootings. It's like you said, it's like well, um if, if you're armed as well, if you're willing to defend yourself, then mm-hmm. what are they going to do? If you, if you take all the guns, then we're just like some of these other countries out here, like Canada or something, where it's just like they're at the border holding up signs saying, save us be- from ourselves um, right. because our, our government is a piece of shit. Well, um, you, you handed over all your guns, and um, that, that was kind of the start of the downfall of your, your country up there. Yes. Yeah.
2: so um so moving forward do you how do you trust like a, somebody again like knowing that <laughs> you know i mean knowing what just happened how do you how do you let someone in your inner circle i mean will you always be questioning like okay who the fuck is this guy what does he want
3: bro i think my own girlfriend's a fucking <laughs> <laughs> you know like yeah for real bro like that's that's kind of how it is yeah. right now um there is there are certain family members and and stuff that I know for a fact like, you know I trust them with my life right. you know and uh and th- I guess that's just how it is but you just gotta be you just gotta be careful and and use discernment and um you know it's I was never someone who was always like doing bad shit and okay. illegal shit or whatever um so I I never really worried about that I. I do pretty simple things. And as Mm -hmm. long as someone isn't like trying to get me to like to do something criminal, you know, there's really there. They don't have shit. You know, they already tried to make some shit up. And this time, if they're going to fucking do it again, they really need something, dude. Like Mm -hmm. you got to come up with something. So if someone's not like talking crazy, you know what I'm saying? And trying to get me to do some shit, uh, I'm cool. You know, right. and then once that starts happening, then you're like, okay, this is like totally fed posting. Like, what the fuck?
2: Yeah.
3: You know, this might not be, might not be right. Yeah. And it depends on what it's about and stuff like that. But, you know, I want, I want everyone that I know to make as much money as they possibly can in any way that they can make all the money that you can, bro. I hope everyone that I know turns into fucking billionaires, dude, and makes it to where, the government can't do shit to them. You know what I'm saying? And and that's how it should be. So however, if you like to do shit like that, go for it, bro. I don't, I don't you know, do right, you. Right.
0: Do you got anything, any final advice to give to our listeners out there from your massive troves of life experience in the last couple of years? Uh, we're about out of time. Um, any final things you want to say uh, before we let you go?
3: Uh, you know, one thing I, I always say is to stay armed and stay free if you stay armed you will stay free no matter what that's the last resort keep acquiring knowledge keep listening to this podcast right listen to all the fucking podcasts mm-hmm. continue to absorb information that's positive and good understand morality you need to understand that morality is objective it doesn't have it's not a human construct in the mind that doesn't exist morality has real effects in the world that affect people and behaviors that happen in the world create certain conditions like freedom or slavery right that's based off human behavior and whether it's moral or not so understanding those dynamics and and self defense and everything like that you will automatically empower yourself because you'll come to an understanding... You'll start to know when something happens in the world. Most people are like, why did that happen? You know, that's crazy. That's just so horrible. Why did it happen? You no longer have to ask yourself that. You'll know exactly why it happened. And you'll understand yourself even better because you did the internal work to understand what's going on in this world that you live in. You know, and as long as we keep doing that, we're going to create better people in the world. And, you know, tyranny cannot exist in a society that's moral. You know, Mm. tyranny can only exist in a society that's immoral. Right. So let's change that shit. Right.
0: Well, Brandon, this has been an awesome interview. We've Mm. learned a lot of shit. We've uh, heard your story, your side of the story, and then we've also gotten your knowledge that you've gained from it. And I I guess, if nothing else, just the fact that you come out with some sort of knowledge and some sort of – wisdom that you can pass on, I guess that that alone is is worth it, in my opinion, to Mm -hmm. just be like, look, I went through this shit. I want to help you be more free and not have to deal with the shit I went through. I mean, that to me, I mean, that that's that's a success in my book. Um, Brandon, let us know where uh, people can find more about you find out about the the documentary you got coming out. Anything you want to plug, you can plug it right now.
3: All right, so if you want to find out more about the documentary, uh, subscribe to Radix Verum, R-A-D-I-X-V-E-R-U-M. Her name's Christina. She's got a great YouTube channel. Um, You can also follow her uh, on Twitter at NotRadix. And you can find me on Twitter, uh, uh, Brandon underscore Caserta. You can find me on Instagram at Kinetic Truth, Kinetic underscore Truth. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Just you know Google my name. Uh, and and, yeah, if you want to talk about freedom and and talk about rights, just just hit me up, man, just as long as you're not a fed, bro. We're cool. <laughs>
0: well, Brandon, this was an awesome conversation. I'd like to get you on again to. I mean, you got all kinds of stuff to talk about. It sounds like, and I'd like to have you on to talk about things that aren't Whitmer plot related at some point and dig in there. Um, so, um, if you're willing, we'd, we'd love to have you back on at some point. So, um, thanks for coming oh, yeah. on again. Definitely. Yeah.
3: Thanks man. I appreciate you guys.
0: Yeah, no problem. Absolutely. Um, we're going to get out of here. This has been an awesome interview. This is Brandon Caserta. He is a, uh, um, accused domestic terrorist uh the uh one of the quote unquote plotters of the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot um make sure you check him out uh look him up all over freaking uh um social media he plugged his his twitter his instagram and everything uh follow him and share the shit far and wide because his story needs to get out there um all over the place um if you if you have a platform get him on your platform get his Absolutely. message out there because this is an important message i think what do you think Yeah, I thought it was great. So I'm looking forward to checking out that documentary. Yeah, me too. So um, check out all all the things Brandon has going on. Make sure you check us out all over social media. Um, You can find us, like I said, at our handle, at BreakTheBellPod. Follow us, like, subscribe. Follow our YouTube channel so we can uh, get this message out to more and more people and um, do bigger and better things. Um, Got a new year. Going into the new year, we're hitting the ground running. I wanted to get a big interview on a yeah. big guest on like like Brandon and I I think we I think we nailed it. I think so too. It was good. Have a great rest of your week. Make sure you check out all our other shows. We got our weekend wrap up which happens obviously on the weekend, which is where we just uh wrap up a weekend and uh, the the entire week in the news. Um we've got our morning show with me and uh Dan Smots of the System is Down podcast. That's the the two scoops early morning podcast which is where we just bullshit for about 20 minutes in the morning so you can wake up and uh uh, have your coffee or your your alcohol if that's what your your is. um and listen to us bullshit that's tuesdays and thursdays at 7 a.m central standard time otherwise be back here next monday night same time same channel we'll have another banger for you hopefully have a great rest of your week we'll catch you next time goodbye
2: The Break the Bell Podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members,
0: Justin Zelinski, Remzo Martinez, Stephanie Parker, and T.O. Jacobson. A shout-out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, Beyond the Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us visit patreon.com/breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your earholes and as always never stop talking.